Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Joining us now to talk a little bit on this game and the fallout and everything else is Jim Dunaway, of course, from a morning show host on the Jocks Roundtable on WJOX in Burma. Jim, how are you, sir? Doing great, man. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> we are doing fantastic uh, <laughs> this time of year. I, I just was curious. I mean, I was like, I, I got to go to Birmingham and get the perspective. What has been the fan reaction this week? Because, look, I know that fan base, they're not loose, used to losing. And so when they do, you know, some people are ready to jump off bridges. What's the fallout been like so far among the fans this week? They are not used to losing, but they are used to losing one game a year. Uh, Nick Saban's only undefeated national champion was in 2009. So this is nothing new. This year's what's, what's really been the, the aftermath, the sadness, is that it appears the schedule is not going to help Alabama at all to get in. The rest of the SEC has let Alabama down a little bit. Texas A&M isn't living up to helping out the back end of their schedule. Uh, we'll see if Auburn can beat Georgia this weekend and maybe give them a quality win at some point on the schedule. Um, but usually when, you, when they've lost to Ole Miss twice or they lost to LSU in 2011 or they lost to Johnny Manziel in Texas A&M, there was always a feeling that Alabama was still going to get back in to the mix, whether it was a two-team BCS or a four-team playoff. And that feeling just isn't the same this year. Let me ask you, because we've had some some people asking the question, what was the fallout? Why did Alabama end up playing Duke? From what I understand, it was they had it was somebody else scheduled there, but they had to reschedule and they had to grab somebody last minute and ended up being Duke. Because a lot of people looked at that game and went, why would Alabama, this team, this behemoth, go schedule their best non-conference game against Duke? Uh, do you know what happened there, who they were supposed to originally play? It was another ACC opponent. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Clemson. Miami or Florida State, but it was a long time ago when they decided to make the switch. It had nothing to do with Alabama and Clemson making um, making the uh, the, the uh, regular appearance in the playoff. What I think when Alabama agreed to do the game, I think they were told it would be one of the elite teams or the name programs from the ACC, and when it came to it, they couldn't get one of the ACCs to live up to their end of the bargain. And Alabama was tied into what ended up being Duke. Okay, well that makes sense, but it does it puts an exclamation point on a gym in a season where LSU goes and plays at Texas and Austin. Do you know uh, Georgia plays Notre Dame? Auburn goes and plays Oregon on a neutral field. So it's highlighted a little bit more that Alabama's best non-conference game is Duke, which actually by the end of year might be six and three Southern Miss. But um, it, it does feel like the committee is going to take that into account. And at the end of the year, I think resume should matter. I mean, I think that we, I think the committee shouldn't be stuck in the mindset of, oh, well, it's Alabama. They're always going to be one of the four most talented teams in the country. So let's just put them in anyway. Versus, look, you kind of have to earn it. You kind of have to put something on your resume. And right now, the only thing on Alabama's resume is one, a really good loss to the number one team, but two, 
a, a win over number 29 RPI Texas A&M, and that's kind of it. Uh, I agree with that 100%. You, you have to earn your way in. Uh, and I think Alabama's done that every year that they've made their way into the college football playoffs, and I don't think they're going to get in this year unless there is a lot of help. And that can happen, though. And, and, you know, you're going to tell me that a two-loss Pac-12 champion deserves to be in over a one-loss uh, Alabama that didn't beat LSU? Uh, I'd say no. You're going to tell me that a uh, one-loss Baylor with their out-of-conference schedule Big 12 champion or a two-loss Oklahoma Big 12 champion gets in ahead of Alabama? No. Um, there, there are several scenarios I can paint that a conference champion should not get in ahead of Alabama. But that's going to take a lot of things happening over the next few weeks for that to happen. At this point in time, uh, even though I do believe Alabama probably is the fourth best team in America today, I don't think they deserve to be in because of what you said. It's a combination to me. I'm not going to go as far and make an idiotic comment like it's a, it's a cross between an art. It's an art, not a science, I think was Rob <laughs> Mullen's uh, right. go-to last night. But I do think it is a mixture of eye test, resume, and best team and best deserving team, I do think you have to use a little bit of both. I'm with you. That said, it seems like everybody in Tuscaloosa, what would make most sense is you want to root for Auburn this week because you want Auburn. If Auburn beats Georgia this week, they play Sanford the week after, that makes the Iron Bowl a battle of two top ten teams, and that would be certainly an exclamation point on Bama's schedule in the last week of the season uh, to beat a top ten team in Auburn as opposed to if Auburn loses to Georgia, okay, you beat you know, three-loss Auburn, who might be ranked 17th or 18th the last week of the season. All right, good win, but certainly not the exclamation point of being a top-10 win, which it could be. Listen, I'm not going to take my favorite Cajun food place here in Birmingham and try to come down and sell it in New Orleans or in Baton Rouge (laughs) as authentic, okay? So I don't want you to come to Birmingham and try to sell me on Alabama fans having to cheer for Auburn for any reason. <laughs> There's a path to get in there that has Georgia beating Auburn this weekend. If Georgia loses to LSU in the right. SEC championship game, I still believe Alabama with one loss is more deserving than Georgia, even though it was a 13th game on getting into that game. But there are some fans that would make Alabama have a quality top 10 win, but it's going to need a bunch of help. Why not throw just LSU winning out, Ohio State winning out, Clemson winning out, Alabama winning out, and uh, and a lot of fans aren't aren't comfortable cheering for Auburn regardless of the situation, especially in November. <laughs> totally understand. We're talking with Jim Dunaway, uh, host on the uh, Jocks Roundtable on, on Jocks FM in Birmingham. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game on Saturday, Jim. What what surprised you most in watching that game Saturday night? There was one thing you came away and went, "Wow, I did not see that coming." Well, my my whole time of covering Nick Saban since he's been here from the 2008 blackout game against Georgia, there has never been a game where the moment looked too big for them. It just hasn't happened. And it did on Saturday early on with Tua's fumble, the snap going through a walk-on punter. You know, that's Alabama's backup punter uh, who's out there because of an injury. It goes through his hand, and there's 10 points off the bat instead of it being a, a 7-7 game. Uh, it's, a, it's a 10-0 game. And then there was the penalties. But most of all, the 25 missed tackles. Um, and that was just LSU's skill set, I believe, being greater than the Alabama defenders making the tackle. And, you know, missed tackles are not you being young and out of position. The coaches had the young, true freshman guys in the right position. They just didn't make the tackle. 
and I've never seen a Nick Saban team tackle that bad. Even in 2007, his first year when he, he inherited a roster from Mike Shula, they didn't tackle as bad as they did on Saturday. And I really don't think it's an Alabama problem as much as it was just the talent from LSU uh, because some of the Joe Burrow runs, um, you know, 22 was sticking his leg in the ground and the spin moves and just, you know, at times carrying three Alabama players. I just think it was a, a skill set differential on Saturday between the Alabama defenders and the offensive players for LSU. We said all last week, Jim, it would take a special performance from an LSU player in order to get the win because we talked about the four losses Alabama's had since 2008 at home have been special performances. We know Cam Newton in the, in the comeback game. We know Johnny Manziel in the 2012 game. We know, uh, you know, obviously the, the Ole Miss, uh, Hugh Freeze high flying offense. But when you would take a special performance, I just didn't expect Joe Burrow to be that good and that poised. In that in that moment, I mean, we know the the offense bogged down in the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, something clicked and they turned it back on again. Uh, that performance um, by Joe they, Joe Burrow, I mean, was that one of the most impressive you've seen? Oh yeah, Joe Burrow. That was, uh, the the guy looks like um, he's going to be obviously a first round pick, and to me, the first guy off the board at this point because he doesn't have the health questions that Tua Tagovailoa has developed. Um, to me. Uh, you look back at the history of Alabama losses. They've they've had fluky things happen in every game. Uh, Johnny Manziel, ball pops out of his hand. He spins, hits a wide open receiver. Ole Miss is you know catching balls off helmets of Alabama defenders. Even the Camback game, a ball rolled twenty three rolled twenty three yards down the sideline into the end zone uh, for a touchback instead of it being out of bounds and Alabama's ball. There were just weird things that have happened in every Alabama loss that didn't happen on Saturday. They just got beat by LSU. Uh, there was no flukiness to that. There was no kick six moment on a missed field goal return. <laughs> it was just a, a better football team from LSU beating Alabama. And I think a lot of Alabama fans would love a second shot at that, but most of them who call our show have basically said LSU is a better team on Saturday for sure. Yeah, that's what's that's what's interesting, Jim, is knowing it was in their house. If it's a rematch and it's on a neutral field, LSU could hang half a hundred next time around. I mean, it, it it could get that bad. But that's why I think we're we're all kind of we have the old P- PTSD kind of from 2011, saying like we we don't want to see them again. But I think some LSU fans feel if it happens again, hey, look, they couldn't stop Joe Burrow last time around, so. Let's see it again. On the flip side, though, LSU's defense, they didn't stop Tua. And look, some of those plays, were they a little flukish? Yeah, but look, at the end of the day, Alabama did score 41 points. Where do they go from here with Tua? We know he's already listed as as day-to-day, game-time decision. It seems like the smart thing would be to sit him out these next two weeks and hold him out to the Iron Bowl. What are you expecting? Nick Saban hasn't showed his cards yet, uh, but that is the way I would play it. I would I don't think Tua Tungavaloa can beat Joe Burrow in the Heisman race now, so I, I would not risk him playing against Mississippi State. I think Mac Jones and the Alabama receivers can handle State and Starkville. Uh, and then, obviously, the tweener game with Western Carolina. I would try to get Tua as healthy as possible. He played at about 85%. I'd try to get him healthy for the Iron Bowl, and if needed, if it came up, uh, a college football playoff game. I wouldn't be too eager uh, for a second bite at the apple with this Alabama team, there are uh, several players that would be back with the month layoff um, that would make a big difference, including starting with a place kicker and a punter that is elite. So 
Uh, uh, I know half a hundred's a possibility anytime LSU (laughs) takes the field right now, but a second bite at the apple probably looks a little bit more like the second half than it does the first half. The last thing for you, Jim, before we let you go, it was funny. I, I saw one Alabama fan said, oh, well, this is a one-time thing for LSU. They're losing everybody next year. And I said, well, Alabama's losing everybody next year as well. Who do you think? I mean, we know Tua's going to be gone, but uh, who all of the guys who could come back, you, you know, you think are gone from Najee Harris to all the receivers? I mean, do you expect kind of a, a mass exodus here? Well, I do expect three Alabama receivers, two of them to go in the first round. Devontae Smith will be back. Um, he's a, uh, will be a true junior next year. Uh, they've got a, uh, kid named Mechie who is a five-star receiver. He's not even on the field. He can't get on the field. Who's an elite receiver. Uh, and Bryce Young's a five-star quarterback coming from California, who I actually think will be the starting quarterback when Alabama opens, uh, the season next year against USC. Their offensive line comes back. Uh, Dylan Moses is back. The linebackers are back. A lot of that secondary is back. Um, Alabama will be a very good football team next year. Um, whether they'll be up to Jake Fromm in Georgia, whatever LSU has, whatever Florida has, whoever, um, you know, that'll, you know, time will tell. But Alabama will be a really good football team again next year. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun, of course, in Baton Rouge next year. And, uh, as Coach O said, hey, we're, we're not leaving. We're coming and, uh, we'll see, we'll see if this rivalry, uh, uh, is as good and fun as it was again next year as it was on Saturday. Jim, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. No problem. It's always my favorite road trip down to LSU and I look forward <laughs> to being back down there next year. Awesome. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it so much. Jim Dunaway there, uh, host on the uh, Jocks Roundtable on the mornings and, uh, in Birmingham on Jocks FM, which, for those of you not familiar, Jocks is one of the biggest, um, you know, biggest, most dominant sports stations in all the South. They, uh, they are, um, tons of, of Alabama, Auburn listeners, um, just people all across the state of Alabama and across the South tune in and listen to, to Jocks FM. And Colt Kublik, of course, from SEC Network. He's now on their midday show. So, uh, appreciate Jim for jumping on with us there. I see him every year at SEC Media Days and, it was funny. I think he was one of the guys I talked to at SEC Media Days who said, "Hey, look, LSU this year. I'm, I'd keep my eye on that Joe Joe Burrow guy." And remember, all the buzz was starting to hype up around Joe Brady around SEC Media Days, and people saying he could be the difference maker. And lo and behold, that it, it certainly was. It's Chris Gordy Show, Sports Twelve Eighty. We'll grab a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Stay with us. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.